this episode, we get to know Aubrey West, who is the brand ambassador for Vulcan Tequila. She's based out of Austin, Texas. It's a kind of a cool story. She gets to embrace her Mexican-American heritage and learn more about her culture um, by taking this brand ambassador role with Vulcan. Um, So it's cool to hear that. And it's also cool to hear about this uh, Tequila Vulcan. And we also talk about a little bit about how this category has been growing and growing and growing, as we all know, and it doesn't seem to be stopping. So we get to know Vulcan Tequila. We get to know Aubrey West. Uh, and we get to chat about tequila and we get to talk about the, uh, Austin tequila and taco scene as well. So, uh, hope you enjoy this one. All right. Uh, another episode of Arte Agave podcast. I'm here with Aubrey West. Um, Aubrey, the, the question I always get, I do a lot of tequila events and people are always like, who are those people working the event? Um, how do you get that job? So I'd really love to know, starting off, you know, you work for a really cool brand, a major brand. What was your blueprint? How did you get into the world of being a really cool tequila brand ambassador uh, in this day and age? Great question. Uh, Well, thanks for having me, first off, on here. Um, I'm super excited about it. you know, I guess right place, right time um, mm. is, mm. is kind of the best answer, right? Um, but, you know, I've been in the industry now, in the wine and spirits industry and in the alcohol business for about going on 10 years now. Mm. Um, and so prior to that, you know, I got prior to this gig, I was a sales rep for a distributor, um, just working the streets, lugging my bags checking the, the cocktail menus, the wine mm. menus, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of progressive. Like I just progressed my way up in that world, uh, became a manager, et cetera. And then one day, you know, there was this opportunity that came up with Moet Hennessy and um, Volcan de Mitiera specifically. And I've always loved agave. It's been, mm. it's my go-to. It's, it's what yeah. I have always drunk as far as, uh, things that I like to enjoy. I mean, I can definitely dabble in a nice Cabernet every now and then, or a nice Pinot, don't get me wrong. Um, But, you know, agave has always been my go-to. And so, you know, they approached me and they said, hey, we got this opportunity to be an ambassador for Texas, for Volcan. Uh, What do you think? What do you want to do? And, you know, at first I was a little intimidated by it. I was like, do I really Mm. want to do all this traveling? Do I really want to do all of this stuff? And, um, but, you know, discussed it with my my husband, my partner. And and then, you know, we just was like, yeah, let's do it. These opportunities don't come that often and might as well. And yeah. it's something that you love. So yeah. jumped right into it. And it was great. You know, I'm, <clears throat> I think that I don't regret it at all. I love every minute of it. What's been really great about it is, is that not only have I gone down a road of agave and, and the world of, of, of tequila and, and um it, it has also led me to kind of tap more into my culture in some ways. Like it's mm. been, it's been really fun um, because I'm Mexican American, proud okay. of it. Um, my family, I'm third generation Mexican American. Um, and so it kind of really helped me like start like digging down mm. rabbit holes of our culture yeah. and our history right. and, like, you know, who we are, where we came from, what this spirit means to us, things like that. And just, and then just kind of going down our history in general, you know, away from agave spirits, just, just learning about how, Mexicans came to Texas and how we ended up settling here and all of that. So it's been, it's been a really fun ride for me. So, you know, for me, it's not just all about tequila. It's the fun part with tequila. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but, uh, but there's been some really great discoveries along the way. That's awesome. Are you, 
are you originally from Texas? Like, is your family from there? Or did you grow up there? Born and raised. I'm a Texan. (laughs) I'm a native (laughs) Texan. (laughs) And it is true. The skies are bluer in Texas. Um, I love it. I love it. And you're you're in Austin, Texas, correct? I'm in Austin, but I was uh, born and raised in Houston. Okay. Got it. What's the, what's the big difference between Houston and Austin? Is there a big difference? Size for sure. Yeah. Uh, Houston's huge. Um, I think that, you know, it's, it's definitely a demographic. There's, there's a completely different demographic than, than in Austin, than in Houston. Um, Houston has just a much larger population. It's a lot more culturally diverse as far Mm -hmm. as, um, just, I mean, just by sheer population and yeah. the, the cuisine, the cuisine. I mean, because you have so many cultures coming together in one spot that like, I mean, in Houston, you can get authentic Vietnamese food and it's mm. like going to taste so amazing and wonderful. Um, you know, and, and I think that's pretty amazing. You can get soul food too. And it's so scrumptious. So, uh, Austin, Austin's a little bit more, it's a little bit different. You know, you got barbecue, barbecue and tacos. So that's what we, that's what we do in Austin, right? I love um, it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite things about Austin. Like two, two of my favorite meals is barbecue and tacos. Like I could, <laughs> I could live off tacos every day of my life. And if someone's like, no, you got to switch to barbecue. I'd be like, oh, darn. Um, <laughs> and then sometimes here in Texas and in, in Austin, at least you get, you get tortillas with your barbecue. So, Hey, you can make a barbecue taco. <laughs> I am a hundred percent, hundred percent into that. So, so super cool. So you took the, the decision to, to be an ambassador. Um, you know, you mentioned like, you know, you were doing like sales on the streets, carrying the bag around. Um, you know, was it, was it a decision where you're like, I don't want to be doing that anymore? Or were you more like, hey, I want to progress my career and just kind of be a specialist in one kind of category? What was the main reason for for making the jump? Yeah, you know, sales didn't bother me. Still doesn't bother me because I still mm. do sales. Like, you know, that's, that's, of course. That's, that's definitely part of my job. Um, so that part doesn't bother me. I think that what really made me want to jump was, yeah, being more of a specialist in one focus and being able mm. to, kind of be that um go-to person for it per se yeah. uh and then just kind of like honing in my skill and really understanding like what was agave and what is it and and getting to know it a little bit more and becoming more of that like expert in that that world so for me that was really exciting and an opportunity and then yeah just to kind of build my resume as well like mm-hmm. you know it, it was I had the, the I have the title of ambassador and that's just so exciting and just so nice to have you know so um <laughs> So it's it, it was definitely a career change for me and and to to help and to progress it upwards, um, yeah. but also I, I really liked the idea of having a smaller portfolio that I could hone my skills on and, and really mm. focus on. Yeah, yeah. Now you've been in the role for three years. Is that correct? Three years now. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, obviously you did sales beforehand. You, I mean, you're doing ambassador work, which is I don't combination of marketing and sales and education and advocacy. And I always see the ambassador kind of like what the job title is. I'm like, Oh, you're like everything. Yeah. The um, Jack of all trades. Jack of all <laughs> trades. Yeah, exactly. So what do you, what do you, um, obviously you've, you've seen the sale of tequila, you know, over the last, I mean, decade yeah, <laughs> continually going through the roof. I mean, I mean, obviously you've had your, you know, your eyes on the ground for a while. You know, what do you contribute this rise of this category over the last, I mean, three to five years, but 10 years really has been just kind of cruising. Um, any main things that you've seen over the last decade that's you're like, okay, this is why the tequila category is growing. Anything that stands out for you? I mean, 
I hate to admit it. I really do. Admit but- it. <laughs> <laughs> all honesty on this show. <laughs> I mean, I think that it was, it's definitely one, there's been a spark and intrigue in tequila, I think, uh, amongst consumers. They're looking for change. They've been drinking vodka for way too long. And, you know, a a, a cranberry vodka, a vodka drink gets old after a while. Mm -hmm. So you want something different, right? And then I think that a lot of uh, consumers, a lot of female consumers don't love the dark spirits. So whiskey was never an option. So you know, where do you go from there? You go to tequila, right? And everybody loves a good margarita. So that definitely was something that I think helped with it. And then plus, you know, the idea of getting out of that mixto category, that mm. that that cheaper um, category or, or inexpensive category that, that people definitely equate a bad hangover in, in your college days with. Yep. Um, so finally actually understanding that there was quality tequila out there was definitely something, but I think the biggest factor, and this is the part that I hate to admit was the celebrity, mm-hmm. you know, the minute that celebrity started really having their spaces in Mexico and they were like, Oh, I need my own private tequila for my house, AKA George Clooney, you know, yeah. like that the minute that those productions started happening, people were like, Oh yeah, well, we should check that out. We should yeah. see what that is about. And then, you know, I think that the craze just went from there because it, it, I mean, we've seen it. It's been a, it's been a spiral. I'm not going to say it's a downward spir- spiral, but it's a spiral of some kind of, of <laughs> consumers of, of celebrities creating tequila after tequila after tequila. And I think that that's just really been the thing that's like propelled tequila to the forefront of the market. I mean, like it's grown exponentially. It's insane how fast it's growing, you know, and um, I, for good or bad, I think that, you know, my biggest thing that I always tell people about celebrity tequilas is that I consider them like the gateway tequila because that's where most people start. If they haven't, mm-hmm. if they, if they started back in college and they were drinking their, their Jose Cuervo golds or whatever it was. And you know, like they, that's what they had and they had their bad memories of it. But um, since then they stepped away, they came back and they were like, Oh, because I want to try, I want to try out this person's tequila. And so they do it. And then from there, if they keep drinking it, I think their palates definitely change. Our palates change over time after we keep tasting things. So I, I consider them the gateway, the gateway to tequila uh, yeah. for, for most of, most of it. But I definitely think that the celebrity impact is real and it's happened and it's definitely propelled this category up. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, like I said, when I was when I was bartending over over ten years ago, I saw the same thing. People were like, "I think there's different tequila." You know, everyone, like you said, it was. Cuervo Gold, right? Mm-hmm. And then people kind of graduated to Patron. And then when I when I was having the conversation, people were like, oh, I think there's something different besides Patron. And then they're like, what is this Reposado? What is this Anejo? Right. So there was a lot of curiosity to it. And then, you know, whether you like it or not, or you're into the celebrity tequilas, they really have put things on the map because um, you're get, just getting more expression, impressions and eyeballs on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but to your point, I think, you know, what we try to do with events like ours is like, okay, cool. You've heard of this tequila. What else is there? And what right. is the difference? And why is there a difference? And et cetera, et cetera. So I think I I don't, I'm not a big brand hater and I'm not a, I'm not a, a celebrity hater as well, because I think to your point, consumers now are a little more educated mm-hmm. and they don't mind. Hey, here, all oh, the rocks got a tequila. Great. Oh, I like tequila again. What else is there? And I think the American palate is, is ready to, learn and embrace and understand what other tequilas um, are out there and what's in those tequilas um, as well, I think is really important and people are trying to learn from. 
Totally. There's so many events that I have because it's to your point, being an ambassador, you're everything, right? You're a salesperson, you're an educator, et cetera. And, and that was one thing that I took very, uh, that I take very seriously in my role is that uh, I, I definitely can tell you the back of my hand, the story of Volcan, but I want to be able to tell you also all about other tequilas because I, I like drinking mm. other tequilas as well. Like I, I love our tequila, but I like other people's tequilas. There's, there's so many great and phenomenal tequilas out there. And I think it's important for us as ambassadors, not just myself, but other ambassadors, for us to be able to speak to those and to be able to say, look, hey, you tried that. That's awesome. This has this does have these things in it. This is why it tastes this way, et cetera. I think you'll like this. It's got a similar profile, but mm -hmm. it's got a cleaner because it doesn't have these things in it. And yep. this is what tequila should taste like as far as like the most pure way in expression. And like, and then be like, oh, okay, let's talk about this. Why the production methods, things like that. And then you really get them going down the route because, because it's to your point, I think consumers really, they want to know where their things come from. They want to know more about who's making it, where it's being made, how is it being farmed, all of these things. I mean, we see it in our food day to day, yeah. right? So I think it's, it's definitely translating over to the drink category, whether or not it's water, sodas, et cetera. Like people want to know what's going into their products these days. Yeah, I completely agree. And, um, you know, so tell me, like, I mean, you're obviously still out on the streets. You're, you're the brand ambassador. We just talked about tons and tons of celebrity tequilas. I mean, I doing doing an event producer. When I started this 10 years ago, doing Arte Agave Festival, I was begging people to show up. I was begging brands. You know, there was like three major brands and a couple of small ones. But now I'm just, I'm getting inundated. Like, hey, I want to be part of your event. I'll be part of your event. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. Um, <laughs> so how do you, how do you, how do you position your brand or how does the, the Vulcan brand position themselves to stand out amongst all this celebrity noise or all this noise or all these brands that are coming out of nowhere? You know, how do you, how do you say, Hey, we are different because X, Y, and Z and what, what makes Vulcan different than everyone else out there? Yeah. Great question. Cause they of them, there's like over 2,600 something brands of tequila out there. It's insane. I'm like, what? Yeah. And then another one and then another one. Yep. And so, it's, it's true. You, you, there's, you have to stand out in a certain way. And so for us, you know, um, it's very important to focus on our heritage and, and who mm. we are and where we come from and our production method, a hundred percent, our production method. You know, um, I think our biggest, biggest way of saying it is that our celebrity is the volcano itself. So mm. Volcan de Mitiera means volcano of my land. We're paying homage back to the tequila volcano that gives tequila its name. So it's like, that's our celebrity. And the people who make our tequila are the celebrities, the real celebrities for us. And that's, that's one way that we like to spin this whole celebrity thing. Um, mm -hmm. But also I think the other big thing for us is that we have a, a lineage, so to say with the Gallardo family. So um, we are, we are a partnership between LVMH and the Gallardo family out of Mexico. Mm -hmm. And they have been, they have been around since the 1800s. We're in our eighth generation of family members, wow. and um, <clears throat> they they have roots in tequila, uh, you know. And I think that that's super important for us when it comes to being tied to our culture because it isn't. It, it is not only a liquid; it is a, it is a true spirit of our heritage. Um, so that was very important to us, you know. And the idea of Volcan when it came about was literally written on a napkin, but by Don Juan Gallardo. And he was like, 
well, I have sugar cane and I've always wanted to do agave. So like, let's do this and found, found a distillery. We purchased it outright and demoed it and rebuilt it. And so, you know, I think that that's something that's very key to us is that out of these 200 or 2000 something brands, you know, we're one of the ones that's an estate nom. We, we don't mm. produce anybody else's liquid. We only produce Volcan de Mitiere. And that's super special, I think. Um, and, and, you know, I know a lot of people don't know what that means when I say we, we're an estate nom. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like it's super important when you end up going down that rabbit hole of knowing your nom. And, you know, I can thank Patron for that, for starting that whole campaign. Um, I think that it's it's just really important for you to know, again, where you're being, where your, your liquid's being produced because then you know what you're actually getting in the bottle. Like, I think that that's a very important thing to be able to understand. I think you can look at any distillery and any nom, and if they're producing more than 30 tequilas, I mean, I don't know what you're getting in that bottle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think, I think it's kind of the sad part. I mean, as I started to learn more, I mean, I just love tequila. I like drinking it 10 years ago, whatever. I mean, more than that. But like, as I started to learn, I was like, oh, I, I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize one, I didn't realize the history of it. I didn't realize the farmers down there. I didn't realize mm -hmm. the details. I was just, I think I was like every typical American be like, oh, it's just some crap in a bottle, tequila, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you start to discover it and people that are doing it right, the, the right way, you're like, oh, wow, there's, there's so much detail that goes into this. Um, and to your point, I think, I think the consumers are becoming very aware of, you know, where it's from and who's producing it um, because the more you discover it, the more you're like, Oh, what is in this bottle? Um, right. and there's, there's not, you know, there's some rules, but you know, like bourbon, if you know bourbon, you're like, okay, there's no artificial anything. It's in a barrel. These are the five rules with tequila. It gets a little kind of, kind of wavy. Um, and the last thing that I, I hate discovering, yeah, there's certain, there's certain terms you can, I hate discovering yeah. <laughs> that there's crap in my tequila. I'm like, Oh, there's more sugar and more agave and more of this and more of that. I'm just like, no, I just want really good tequila um kind of mm -hmm. there so it, it's cool it's cool that you're telling that story and it, it's it's cool that you keep telling that story to consumers um because consumers will start choosing one brand over another depending on what their process is and how they're doing it yeah and i think it's super important to do it in an informational way i never yeah i will never bash another brand that's not that's not that's cool who I am. that's not what we would do what I would do at all. And, and, you know, I will give my opinion of the flavor profile of the brand and, and what their techniques are, but it's all based on facts. Like that's all mm. that I ever do. So I think that that's an important thing is that it's like, let somebody discover it on their own. Definitely. You know, they, they, I went down this road on my own. They need to do it as well. I will guide them and give them the information that I best can give, but it's going to be, you know, I think that it's always something that's good for you to discover and, and, and find out what you like on your own and, 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 all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So you're, you're in, you're in the role for three years. You've been discovering a little bit of your Mexican heritage, right? Yep. Um, what is, what is kind of, I mean, so, so for me, I mean, obviously I'm the founder of Arte Agave. It's a big tequila mezcal thing. A lot of Mexican culture. When people meet me for the first time, they're like, you're white and freckly. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. And they're like, Oh, why are, how are you? Why are you? Um, and I kind of just, I, I love tequila. And then I learned the process and then I learned, you know, some of the history. And then I learned, you know, I started listening to the music and then had the food. And it was just this like cultural rabbit hole that me and my wife go down. There's more, there's more Latin music. It's weird. There's more Latin music gets played in this house 
than anything in the world. Our kids know it. Our neighbors know it. They're like, oh, there's going to be Latin music when you go to the Easterbrooks. Um, we just loved it and we embraced it and, we, and, and we've fallen in love with it. So I, I'm curious to, to, to see like what, you know, what has been like your discovery, what has been important to you as you've kind of like tiptoed into back into this Mexican culture. Um, you know, what have you found that was, that was cool for you? And then how do you think the American, um, how do you think Americans are kind of looking into this culture these days? Um, are they, are they embracing it more? Are they getting their heads around it? Because let's be honest, like most gringos, we, we destroy the culture, tequila, lime, salt, <laughs> you know, it's what we, it's what we do. It's terrible. Um, but I'd like to hear your opinion on how you've been embracing the culture. And then what do you think the American, uh, Americans in, in general have been doing with the Mexican culture over the last three to five years? Yeah, that's such a good question. So, you know, I think that the one thing that I've discovered for myself is just more tradition. So, mm -hmm. so I grew up in Houston um, and, and then came to Austin for university, never left, um, as most people end up doing when they come to Austin. Uh, you know, and, and I think the big thing for me was that I grew up, I grew up in a very large family. Uh, my grandmother, we would go and stay with her after school. So it was very much like, we had a roast con pollo after school. We would all tamales every Christmas, menudo every Christmas. Um, it was just those traditions that we had, you know, and I grew up that way. But it was always one of those things where, like, I, I think that what's been really interesting for me is that being a Texican, so to say, mm -hmm. uh, is that, um, you know, it, it was always so difficult, especially during the 90s and during during the, the early 2000s that, you know, I didn't speak enough Spanish for my my Mexican friends. Mm. I didn't speak and I, I spoke or, you know, and I spoke English mainly. So it was just kind of like I, they were like, well, are you really Mexican? Are you really like cool enough for this? And then, <laughs> you know, um, and then my father's my father's white. So at the same time, I was like, it was like, well, you're kind of a half Siambri. So like, really, are you in it? So it was always it was very much like I didn't I didn't really understand, like mm. growing up, like wh who I was, what I was and what I identified as. And it wasn't until I think this role that I really like started trying to find like my identity and who mm. I was. And I was like, no, I am a Latina. I am that, you know, and, and then I went down this hole and I think the biggest discovery for me was just really learning. Um, and I think it goes across all history, right? Like, you know, I hate to say it, but in, in school they teach the real history. So you have to go find it on your own. Um, mm -hmm. And so just learning the history about the Spanish conquest and just learning about like the word Hispanic, things, things that are subtle that mm -hmm. we have kind of grown up thinking that are okay. It's like, wait right. a second but I'm not Spanish. <laughs> like, and right. you know, and I, this 23, I did the, uh, not 23 me, I did ancestry.com, got my, yeah. like, and I'm actually like a hundred percent Texican. Like I'm a hundred percent native Texan, like native, uh, native American Texan wow. from a native tribe in Texas on the border of, of Mexico. And oh wow, um, so it was, you know, no Spanish at, at all in me, no Spaniard whatsoever. Wow. And so, um, so it was like, you know, that took me down a rabbit hole of like, okay, well, what, what am I when I go to the checkbox? I'm not Hispanic. Like, I'm not this. And so, you know, I think that that was something that was really- When I go to the checkbox, isn't that so weird still? It's so <laughs> weird, right? <laughs> what am I? I don't know. I don't know. And, and I, you know, so, so it's definitely been an eye opener for me for these past three years. And I think that that's been culturally. So, so to the mm. point of like how people have been like, 
open to it. You know, I think we've been open to it a lot recently when it comes to names and who we are and labeling ourselves in general. So I think it's just been like an evolution. And I think a lot of people are really getting on board with more of like seeing what the Mexican-American, Mexican um, uh, culture is truly. So, and really um, embracing it and knowing that we're not like chimichangas and burritos and understanding that Cinco de Mayo isn't a real holiday. It's just right. for people to drink and like, right. you know, and, and I think that that's been really a wonderful thing and evolution for sure. Like, and, and maybe, and, and maybe it's been the spark of this tequila like conquest because people are finding out more about traditional tequilas and real tequilas. And so I think that might be like showing real heritage and real ways of drinking it and not, you know, shooting it with lime and salt and understanding that there's an, there is an art to the agave, right? Like there's, so I think that that's something that's been, been an evolution and it's been definitely within the past three years that people have, have noticed it. So um, that's been my journey along the way and how I've discovered it and evolved even so. Because yeah. I'm guilty of, of doing it when I was in school, of the of the, oh. of the you know, like so you and um, me both. But you you didn't know, and that's what you know. It's like you didn't know any different. You know what I mean? And that's mm -hmm. not saying that's an excuse. I'm just saying it's like it's sort of how it was. And I love to see this progression that we're all doing. Um, yeah. You know, with with other people's culture and and embracing it and just respecting everybody. And I think, you know, if you if you want to understand tequila and mezcal you know, you, you have to understand that culture. Like you, there's no way around it um, kind of stuff. So I, I think it's, I think it's been amazing because you really want to know where your food came from. You want to know where your mm -hmm. alcohol came from. You've got to do a little bit of digging. And if you're doing a little bit of digging, you're going to deep dive into a lot of that culture. And then people, when they discover it, they're like, Oh, there's people behind this. There's yeah. families behind this. There's farmers behind this. There's, you know what I mean? And it's like, it takes on a whole new meaning. And I think, you know, like I said, when we were younger, we we're just like, oh, this is what it is. We didn't know the difference. But now as we're all growing up, I guess, it's just kind of, it's kind of cool to see that people are really deep diving into what's behind the brand mm -hmm. and behind the brand is actually people. And when you get people talking to people, there's a lot of respect there. And I think that's what you're seeing um, with this category in general. Completely. I agree. It's, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. I think that it's, people seeing that there are traditions that date back thousands of years. I mean, yeah. to your point, the Himidor, that's, that's a tradition that's handed down. That's from father to son to son to son. I mean, that's, that's something that, you know, it's, it's a trade. It's a, it's a true trade that is kept in families. And I think that that's something that's amazing. That's phenomenal, you know, and, and it's definitely not the representations that you get at the, the super touristy tequila places with their, white clothes and their red scarves like so don't think that that's what you're getting when you get a real humidor in the field right. but but you know i think that um it's something that it, it it it's a tap that like hits people like when they hear about it and they hear the real stories of like who these people are behind the bottle yeah they really are like okay this is real life like these are these are these are families these are people that they have been doing this for generations and this is something special in a bottle and especially when you think about agave the fact that it takes minimum seven to eight years for good yep. quality like yeah. good quality growing yep. to have this like it's something that i think is important that people are tapping into yeah yeah i i agree and it, i like to i like to watch at some of my events and when people are telling these stories and people's minds are blown they're like wait 
The agave takes how long? Eight years? 10 years? 12 years? 16 years? Huh? Like you almost don't even see people like processing it. Again, you think it's like vodka. You're just like, ah, oh, it's a distilled. It's quick. Here we go. Yeah. Put a bottle. Like, no, we're waiting to harvest that plant. Um, so yeah, it's, it's super interesting and it's cool. It's cool that you, you found a, uh, a job, you know, that you could really embrace and, and kind of rediscover your culture. Most people do not find that in life with work. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's super interesting. So what are you doing for, um, you know, obviously we're, we're post pandemic now, mm -hmm. live events are happening. You guys are getting back into it. I see. Um, what do you have planned for 2022? Anything fun, anything interesting? Is there uh, any cool things you're rolling out or what's, uh, what's happening with you and the brand, uh, this year? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of exciting stuff coming for Volcon down the way. Uh, for me specifically in Texas, you know, we are, um, going right back at it. Everybody's, everybody's out and about. So that's a good thing. Um, so really it's just visibility and presence and being seen and getting us, you know, we're still, we're still a small brand. We're still, uh, newish to the category. I mean, 2017 is when we launched and then, you know, three years later we hit a pandemic and then, so it was like, you know, we, we're starting back over again. And so I think that that's just kind of like getting, getting seen, getting recognized, being out, participating in events such as yours to be able to get people liquid to lips and try it. And, and then hear our story is, I think is super important, you know? Um, so th this year it's a lot of that here in Texas. Uh, we're, we're doing a big focus on Austin because Austin's growing exponentially um, insanely. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're doing a big focus on that. Um, <laughs> All so, I hear is Austin, Austin, Austin every month. It's like half of California went to Austin. Right. Like Austin is just blowing up. Um, I, know, I, don't, we did, I, I saw the super funny, um, uh, April fool's joke where they were like, Elon Musk is going to build a hyperspace train from LA to Austin so that it's 30 minutes. And like, it was a complete like April fool's, but you have no idea how many people actually fell for it. And I you was like, like pump. Great. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't blame them. Side note. I fell in love. The first time I went to Austin, I was like, Oh, this town is so cool. And everyone is so nice. Like, you know, I'm from New York and I think, I think New Yorkers are nice. You know, it just like, in, when I was in down there, we went down for like a football game. It was, my friends were from LSU. They were playing Texas. And I was like, oh, it's going to be all these college kids yelling at each other. So nice. So friendly. LSU won. Everyone's like, oh, good game. They're like congratulating us and talking to us, getting letting us ahead in, in bars at like 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, who are these people? Like, what is going on here? Why is everybody so nice? Like, everything is just – I was like, this is almost too friendly. I mean, I loved it, but – Anyway, side note, I love Austin and I don't it's, blame anyone who wants to go and move there. Yeah, it's a it's a total southern hospitality thing, right? Like mm -hmm. we are we are there is an epitome to that. And it's funny because I've been in New York many times. I love New York and people are like they're rude in New York and I was like I did not experience that. I think yeah. there were some very nice people. Now don't get me wrong, they don't want to talk to me on the subway. No, they don't want to mind no, their own we business. We'll bump you and not say a word. Right. Um, but, but if you I ask like, for directions, <laughs> we'll walk you down the whole block to get you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a little bit different that way, but I didn't find anybody to be like mean. So right. like, I, agree. Um, I, agree. I liked New York. Uh, but yeah. And then, you know, beyond that, we've got a couple of tricks up our sleeve. There's going to be a special release, a limited mm. release, but it's going to be very, very limited in certain markets. Um, I think, let me count on my hand, only five markets that we're going to release something super special and that'll come in the mid summer. Um, so look out for that. It's going to be something really beautiful. We're not, we're not allowed, I'm not allowed to ask you what that is. 
I'm not allowed to say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really pretty cool. and delicious tasting. I right, promise right. you it's additive free, just like everything else we do. Cool. Um, but look out for it. If you live in uh, Miami, New York, Chicago, LA, and San Diego, look cool. out for it there. Oh, and Vegas. Sorry. So six markets, Vegas. Okay. Um, so that'll come out in mid-July. And then we'll also be changing um, our package in July. So it'll be just oh, wow. a new image um, in July. But it's beautiful. I, the packaging's going to be, it's phenomenal and I love it. Is the the bottle size changing or the bottle staying the same, no. just the labeling? and 750s, yeah. still 750s, no changing, just the label um, and a little bit. Right now our glass is not hammered. We're going to go to a hammered glass. So it's going to be really, mm. it's going to be really beautiful. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what, how is, how has been the, um, how's been the response? I mean, obviously, you, you know, you started 2017 with the brand is the brand started in 2017. Mm -hmm. We had the pandemic. What's been the consumer response, uh, for your brand so far? Um, sir, I'm sure positive. You guys seem to be growing, but like, you know, what is, what has been the, the takeaway from consumers when tasting this? Yeah. You know, I think the big thing has always been, there's been a little bit of trepidation at the, at the beginning of it where they're like, mm. well, I don't know this brand. I don't know what this is. Like, who makes this? What is this? Like, yep. you know, you got your, you got your loyalists out there that are Don Julio Patron drinkers. That's all they're ever going to drink. And that's what mm. they want, you know? So like, it's kind of hard to get them to, to branch out of that. Yep. Um, but it has been, it's been really well received. The minute that somebody, uh, my, my favorite pastime is blind tasting people. Mm. Um, and, and it works, it works because it's really, it's just one of those things where it's like, if you don't know what you're drinking, you're willing to drink it a little bit more sometimes, uh, surprisingly. And, um, and you really have a non-biased opinion and you can really actually get the flavor and the experience of it. And then once you're like, oh man, that's something unique and that's special. And then they really want to, then they want to know the story. Then they want to ask you about it, engage about it. And then once, once they hear our story, I think that that's, that's just, a super special story for them. So, you know, um, and it sends them down that tequila rabbit hole of where you're like, well, wait, what are additives? Wait, what is this? And then, you know, so you end up going down these worlds and you start discovering a little bit more about what it is that you like and what you don't like. Um, but the response has been great. I mean, I, I truly think we have a beautiful liquid out there on the market. I think it's, it's scrumptious and it's up there with some of my favorites as well. So I think that um, some of those, um, kings of tequila, I would say, and they're, 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 they're royalty in my book, maybe not everybody <laughs> else's, but they're royalty in my book. Um, but I think that we're on par with, with yeah. some of those. And I say, and I say that like my, my, my favorites out there are Ocho and Fortaleza and, and G4. And I think we, we <laughs> can stand up to some of those guys. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's great, great company to have. I mean, those are definitely some of my favorites too. And I follow a lot of tequila boards on Facebook and stuff. And it's like always people are posting about those, those particular brands uh, in general. So if you, if you're in that kind of company, then you're in good company. So that's where um, I think we are. Do I, do I, do they associate us? I don't know, but that's where I think we <laughs> in things. So I won't put words in their mouth. But... Got it. Got it. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, so how, how's it been? I mean, obviously we mentioned, I think you said 2,600 tequilas or something on the market. Yeah, like two, um, two, or yeah, twenty six hundred. I think the last time I checked, Tequila Matchmaker. Give, it was give me, there. give me the fight for shelf space. Um, you know, liquor Ooh. stores, bars, and restaurants are people just expanding their menus to accommodate agave, or is it like, oh man, we are 
we're just running out of shelf space because there's so many brands fighting for uh, for all this space. You know, when we first launched, that was the case. Yeah. When we first launched, people were like, why am I going to put your no-name brand on the shelf? Because it's not going to sell. It's going to collect dust. It's going to sit here. Yeah. And my people can't speak to it. We don't have time to speak to it. So, like, we're not going to give you shelf space. So, when we first launched, we really focused on the the on-premise, the restaurants and the bar scenes. Because those are the people that they're going to they're going to sit down and have a conversation with you. When you pull up to a bar and you're like, tell me what's good. The bartender gets excited. If it's a good bar, the bartender gets excited and says, this is what I like. This is why you should try it, you know? And so, and we want those people in our corner. We still want those people in our corner. So, you know, but with the pandemic and the tequila consumption going exponentially up, um, it has actually created a lot more shelf space because now a lot of our larger competitors don't have glassware, don't have liquid, don't have the items to actually meet demand. And we do because we are our own producing nom. We, we source our glass from Mexico and we bought it a long time ago and bought a lot of it. So we aren't running out of glass and, and we don't sell our liquid to anybody else. So we are keeping up and, you know, I think that that's been really helpful for us. So we, we have gained more shelf space because of this. Um, and our bottle is beautiful. Our package is beautiful. So people are like, what's that? You know? Um, and then I think the other big thing too, is, is that I have found, um, within the bar and restaurant scene, people to your point are wanting something authentic and real. They aren't just wanting to sell the name brands anymore. They Mm -hmm. aren't just wanting to make it easy on them. They want to actually have a story behind it. And so I'm finding that, you know, people are really wanting to hear our story and willing to put it on their cocktail menus or their bar menus or have advocacy nights about it where we're doing a bar night and like they'll come out and they'll talk about it. So it's been really great recent, recently, an uptick in interest in our tequila, which has been phenomenal and hearing our story and really sharing that with people. Um, because I think that that's, that's the most important thing is again, not only liquid to lips, but being able to retail the story and be able to share it with it because that's what really makes you want to drink and be a part of a brand. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. So when we mentioned bars and restaurants, we mentioned Austin, where can I go? What, what are your, some of your favorite places, uh, that I can go when I come to Austin to get a Vulcan taste or cocktail or taco? Um, where, where, what do you, what do you recommend to, to go eat and drink down in, down in Austin? I know there's a lot of places, so many, (laughs) all your babies, but if you got to give me just, just, just a random, few well for your daytime sipping and a really beautiful view and patio uh i love me some el alma okay we uh you can get yourself a vulcan margarita either frozen or shaken so your choice um and they have this beautiful patio that overlooks uh downtown so it's like one of the best views and they're open for lunch which is a rare thing these days so you can't find too many open like lunch spots around um if you're looking a little more high end, uh, I love me some ATX Cocina. It's interior Mexican food, um, and it's a completely gluten-free kitchen. They only do masa, uh, only corn, so it's wonderful, um, and it's super scrumptious, delicious. The cocktail on the menu currently is the Frida Kahlo, so it's yummy um, that we have with Volcan specifically. Uh, and then if you want a nice little casual atmosphere. Um, like it's like a big beer hall. They they brew their own beer, but they also have 
liquor and they do a Volcan. What's really fun is that we did, so Central Machine Works, it's on the east side. They have live music all the time. Um, they do, we are doing this barrel aged cocktail where they barrel aged our Blanco with a little Fernet and uh, then blend it with a little blood orange. And it is Jesus. so yummy. So yummy. So. Ooh. Okay. I, I know you're thirsty and hungry now, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> I, did eat, I did eat some lunch before this um, in case I had this conversation. But every time I talk to Keel, I get thirsty and hungry. Um, I could literally eat, like I said before, I could literally eat tacos and drink tequila every single day of my life. And it's funny because I, when people ask me about the events I do, I'm like, it's not a taco tequila festival, even though there's a lot of tacos and tequila. And I love tacos and tequila. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not that kind of party, but it's sort of right. nice, not really. Um, so I mean, anyway. they go hand in hand. Let's be honest. They really do. So <laughs> really do. I usually, um, I'm like a, I usually order like five or six at a time. You're like, you're going to eat all those. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to eat every single one. So yeah. hands <laughs> don't you put your hand out and take it from a plate. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so how is, how is, you know, post pandemic, just, just in general, how's the city of Austin? Um, how, how are you guys doing down there? Going crazy. I mean, we just cool. did. South by South by was March, yeah, which was insane. It was our first one in two years, two years, yeah, and it was great. It was amazing. It was wonderful, um, you know. And then we just did. Elon Musk just had his big party for the Giga Factory that he had, Crazy. Um, and uh, it was like that, this. That like, man's going wild like, down disco there. Cowboy like rodeo thing. Yeah, themed. it was weird, um, but I wouldn't expect anything less for being Austin. That's our slogan: keep it weird. And Elon Musk is a little weird, so I felt like it went yep. perfect. Um, and, uh, yeah, Austin's, Austin's going, it's booming, it's booming. People, people are visiting, getting out of their, their holes and coming in and, yeah. you know, really having, having a blast in Austin. So That's it's fun. been great. Yeah. Good, good. And, uh, do you, do you have a lot of travel, uh, outside of Austin this year? Like what, what's the travel time for you in a year? Are you 10%, 20%, 80%? I, so Again, this year's the first year that we're doing a focus on Austin. So gotcha. I'm 80% Austin, 20% the rest. So I'll go like every other month. Um, I actually just drove in from Houston today before I hopped on this uh, wonderful <laughs> call with you. Um, so, uh, but pr prior to that, I used to visit uh, last year. I was going every market every month. So I would wow. hit up Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, and and, and Austin. Yeah. Um, so travel was a little bit crazier. So this year it's a little bit less and it's nice um and it's nice to be able to really connect with some accounts and some people yeah it's probably nice to be be in your hometown and spend some time with with the hubby a little bit definitely of, <laughs> instead of cruising around the country or the yeah, yeah people always forget they're like well you only you only stay in your state i'm like do you not know how big texas is i think some people forget yeah, yeah. that's like a country in itself it's its own little space it's so funny i have comfort they're like some, some people like joke and they're like, oh, that's a real small territory, you know? And like, I know that there's sarcasm behind that. Yeah. But then other people are like, well, I cover like North Carolina, Georgia, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, all of those can fit inside yeah. Texas. You know that, right? right. <laughs> all of them. Like literally. Okay, I'm like, yeah, they can. Yeah. Yeah. I cover New England. I have like nine states. I'm like, great. That's a small part of Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have a train that connects you to all yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, really super cool. Um, so where, where can people find the brand? Can they just to the website? Can they buy Vulcan online? Like what's yes, the Instagram? What's your Instagram too? Let's, let's do some plugs here. Okay. So mine's pretty simple. Texas tequila lady. 
That's my 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 uh, handle on Instagram. So follow me for all things Volcan and tequila. Um, Volcan, if you're in Texas, you can find them at any of your retail stores. They're going to be at your small independents. Then they're also at the big guys. We are at it. We're in all total wine. So nationally, we're in all total wine. Um, and then we have Specs Twins here in, in Texas. Uh, and then all of your smaller independents. Um, and then you can get us on Reserve Bar. You can get us at Old Town Tequila um, for those that want to do shipping outside of, of Texas. Um, and yeah, check us out. Find us. Taste us. Very, <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Well, listen, I, I appreciate your time here today. Um, super excited to have you part of Arte Agave in Austin. Um, and I'm excited to go visit Austin again because it's it's really become one of my favorite cities uh, ever. I'm looking forward to it. I'm so excited. We didn't get to participate last year because of the the second outbreak, but I'm super excited this year. It's going to be fun. Again, I, I appreciate you. And I, again, I appreciate the brand uh, for being part of everything. So uh, it was a great chat with you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Walter. It was great chatting with you. I'm looking forward to participating this year. All right, everybody. We appreciate you. See you in the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,